Amen. It's just a great weekend. Woe is me. Look at your neighbor and say, woe is me. For I am as when they have gathered the summer fruits as the graplings of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat. My soul desired the first ripe fruit. The good man has perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man, his brother, with a net. That they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh, and the judge asketh for reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire, so they wrap it up. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of the watchman, thy visitation cometh now, shall be their perplexity. Trust ye not in a friend, put your confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father, and the daughter deriseth up against his mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. For just a little bit this morning, I want to preach... From this topic, what will you do? What are you going to do? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray today that your goodness and mercy would speak to our hearts. That your love and your kindness would minister to us today. As we hear your word, as we receive your word. And as we apply your word, O oh God, I ask that you would work through us today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated and look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, what are you going to do? Look at somebody else in the room and say, Hey, this church is empty when the kids leave. This past week, I was reading in my time of devotion, and I came across this Micah chapter 7. And at the top of Micah chapter 7, he starts off with what a lot of us start off with. He said, woe is me. There's a lot of people that have this mindset. And that mindset is simple. Woe is me. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, he's fitting to step on your toes. You know, the truth is nobody likes a woe is me person. Somebody say amen. I've got a friend of mine, and I've known him since 1997. We have been friends since 1900, 
in 97. And since I met him in 1997, it was a woe is me. Somebody say amen. And when I saw him in 1998 back again at Bible College, you're not going to believe what he said. Woe is me. And he's a little country and talks like this. And so his woes is me are very, very, very depressing. And every time he had an opportunity to preach, the title of his sermon should have been, Woe is me. I pulled him aside one time and I said, Hey, bud. He said, Yeah. I said, Don't nobody want to hear Woe is me sermons. Everybody wants to hear faith sermons. So try faith sermons. And the next time we preached that year out, he wanted to have a little faith sermon. And the title of his sermon, I kid you not, was Have Faith When Everything Is Going Wrong. And he began to preach about everything that was going on. And then he said, but I'm going to have faith. So his sermon should have been, woe is me, but I'm going to have some faith. And I remember hearing a story from my granddad about an evangelist. Now, this is going back into the the 40s. My granddad passed a few years ago. He was 97, 96, 97 years old. He lived a full life. And that's back when they had the brush arbor meetings. Back, Back in the day when they had the brush arbor meetings. And my granddad's pastor, his name was Brother Kirk. And Brother Kirk pastored in Cincinnati, Ohio. But as my granddad would say it, he pastored in Cincinnati, Ohio. And my granddaddy told me a story one time, and I've laughed about it, and I think about it, and, and I wish he was here today to tell you because you would laugh just the way he said it. He said, we's in one of them brush arbor meetings. He said, and my pastor, Brother Kirk, brought in this evangelist, and he called evangelist by name. He said, and every night, the first night he got up, and he preached against smoking, and he preached against gambling, and he preached against running around on your wife. And he preached about, and he, he said he went down the list of all the things that was wrong and called the altar call. And this went on two, three nights in a row. And my granddaddy told me that Brother Kirk said, Hey, brother, I want you to be positive tonight when you preach. He said, For the last six nights, we've heard the same sermon, and you've been negative. You've been telling everybody what's been going wrong. He said, I want you to be a little positive tonight when you preach. And my granddad says, as sure as I'm standing here, he said, that evangelist got up there, and he said, I'm going to be a little positive tonight. And he said, he stood up there, and he said, I'm positive tonight that gambling is wrong. I'm positive tonight that smoking is wrong. And he went through the whole list, and uh, he he just went down the whole list of positive, amen. You see... Faith is something that you've got to have despite what's going on. And faith has got to make its way out of your voice. Somebody say amen. You can be going through it, but it doesn't mean that your words has to be, woe is me. Somebody say amen. You can be down on your luck, But your words don't have to be, 
You can be going through trial after trial, but your words don't have to be woe is me. Now, I'm glad that the prophet Micah pulled it around towards the end of the chapter. Aren't you? I'm glad he finished the chapter out the way he finished it out. But I want you to notice why Micah was saying, woe is me. Micah was a prophet. Micah was in a land of of great disparity. He was in a land where their moral compass had failed. He was in a place where things were not those things that were after God. In my opinion, Micah probably was in a place a lot like the United States of America, a lot like the world we're in today. Somebody say amen. I do appreciate the stance of our NFL players and, and, and standing against social uh, disparity, disparity. I appreciate that. And I appreciate people speaking out. Just this last few weeks, there has been scandal after scandal that has come out of the ranks of Hollywood. And I was wondering when all that was going to happen. I was wondering when all that was going to unleash because they have protected their own for years. And for whatever reason, it's starting to... to uh, for whatever reason, it's starting to flutter out and get out. And I was kind of wondering when that was going to happen. But the problem that we're in today is not an African-American and a Caucasian problem. It's not a Latino-American and a... uh, Someone that is of the belief of Islam. That is not the problem. The problem is a sin problem. If somebody has hate in their heart, they're going to be hateful. If somebody has ugliness in their spirit, they're going to be ugly. And if you have that in your spirit and if you have that in your heart... That means God is not in your heart because the Bible tells us expressly that God is love. And Jesus said, if you be in me like I am in my Father, the reality is if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, then love will flow out of us. And so we don't need necessarily more awareness. We need revival. We don't need more people kneeling in football games. We need people kneeling at church pews. We need people kneeling beside their bed. We need people kneeling all over America calling on God and asking him to forgive us and to heal our land. Well, I don't know if you know it, but I'm preaching today. Let me just be real clear to everybody. God didn't make a color. I believe my Bible says, and God made man 
and woo man. So if you have any disparity in your heart for somebody simply based upon the way they look, you've got sin in your heart. And you need to get it right. And I know this sermon's not popular in Mississippi, and that's fine. But if you got hatred in your heart, you're not going to make it to heaven. And you got a lot bigger problems on your plate. Someone put me on CNN, let me talk. Let me just just let me sit down and talk to them for a minute. I'll straighten them all out. We don't need a wall to keep people out. No. We don't need a wall to keep people out, and we don't need a wall to keep people in. But let me tell you what we do need. We do need love to flow. We do need the love of Christ to flow. And folks, what the old prophet is saying right here, he said the best of the best is like a briar. (laughs) Did he not say that? He said the best of the best is prickly and it's going to get on your nerves and if you step on it, it's going to hurt and when you put it in the washer, it ain't going to come off. And when you put it in the dryer, it ain't going to come off. In other words, he said the best of the best is something you can't get rid of. And all these people are problems. How many's ever tried to get rid of a briar in your clothes? It ain't fun. It ain't fun. A few years ago, well, last year, I was working down at the Dearly's Brother Walter. And I got into some briars because we hadn't bush hogged yet. And I got in some briars, and they were, they were all over my muck boots. They were all the way up on my pants. They was on my shirt. I had so many briars on my pants. Let me tell you how I took care of my briar problem with my pants. I threw them in the garbage. That's exactly how I took care of my briar problem. Folks, the Bible is telling us that in the land in which we live, People do evil on both hands earnestly. It shocks me that we are shocked by the sin problem that's in our world today. It shocks me that God's people are shocked by the sin problem that's in the world today. You see, our churches have become more of entertainment Average church attendance has not gone up. Average church attendance has gone down. We just got people that go to super church. And when they get to super church, they don't have to super change. And so they super stay the same way. And so the world we stay in is a super big problem. Somebody say amen. Because when God's people want to be entertained... Instead of engaged, there is a problem. And God has never intended for his people to be entertained. He's always intended for his people to be engaged in the world in which they live. And I've come to tell somebody.
somebody today, it's time for us to be engaged. Hallelujah. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desires, so they wrap it up. The best of them is as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of the watchman and the visitation cometh now shall be their perplexity. Trust ye not in a friend. Oh, my Lord. This is good preaching today. We got too many cell phones. Folks, we got too many cell phones, Sister Rachel, going on in the world. About a month ago, back to another hunting story. I'm sorry, it's hunting season. Y'all going to get some hunting stories. I apologize. Back a month ago, I shot a deer in the woods. Tried to track it. My phone fell out of my pocket, and I lost my phone. And, and I looked and looked and looked all over the woods for that phone, Roy, and I couldn't find that stinking phone anywhere. I went back to my camper. I plugged the thing in. We're bing, bing, you know. Went back to the woods where I lost it, and I couldn't find that phone anywhere. So, you're not going to believe what I did. I went to the Walmart, and I bought one of them flip phones. Because I had to tell my wife I was okay. Matter of fact, that flip phone is in my desk drawer, because I used it two times. But, but folks, I've come today to tell you that I went without a phone for about 24 hours. And I was like, I'd flip that phone up, and it couldn't do nothing with it. And I didn't even know how to use a phone that flipped. I just, I didn't, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what. What is this? No internet on my phone. No iTunes. No texting. What? What is this? And I, I just, I, it's just a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. But we got too many cell phones in the world today. The scripture says that we just read, don't trust in a friend. We got people that when they have a woe is me situation and they're going through difficult times, they get on the phone and they call somebody. Somebody offends them at work and they get on the phone and they call somebody. Folks, I'm preaching good today. I'm preaching so good, I'm going to buy my own CD today. Listen to it. And try to, try to learn something. From it. Folks, we got to stop trusting in people. You can trust in people, but I'm going to tell you something about people. I've come today to tell you that pastor, pastors are real people too. Somebody say amen. 
And there are pastors out there that are going to disappoint you. Now, I pray I'm never a disappointment. But the reality is, is that I may disappoint you sometimes. I may let you down sometimes. I may not call you when I'm supposed to call you. I may not answer. Let me just say this. I probably won't answer a text back when you text me because I'm a terrible texter. That was Jesus saying, yep. But folks, we got to stop trusting in people. The thing that drives that phone call to somebody to unload on them about your situation is you are just spewing out a woe is me mindset. A woe is me position. A woe is me heart. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, no to the woe. Look at your other neighbor and say, other neighbor, no to the woe. Absolutely not are we going to be woe is me anymore. Somebody say amen. Sister Macy, come. I'm wrapping up today. Trust ye not in a friend, put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Oh, my Lord. Folks, if we just get a hold of what this is saying, we would become incredible in the spirit. Trust not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in the guide. Keep the doors Keep the doors of your mouth shut. That's what the Bible says. Keep the doors of your mouth shut to what's in your spirit. The Bible tells us that there is power of life and death in the tongue. And the Bible is telling us here, keep the doors of your mouth closed to what's in your spirit when you're going through. Don't let a woe is me out of your mouth. If you can't speak faith, how many's ever told your kids? Or how many's ever been told, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. But let me just speak as a pastor. If you can't speak faith, don't speak at all. If you can't praise your way out of your place, just don't say nothing at all. If your enemies is on your left hand and on your right hand and the best of friends you got is a briar, I've come today to tell you, if you can't speak faith, don't let anything come out of your mouth. Because the devil hears when you speak negativity. And God hears when you speak negativity. Anybody want to know God's response to people that don't think he's going to bring them through? You need to read in the book of Matthew, Mark and Luke and John and read about the disciples that were on the boat and the storm was raging and the winds was blowing and they thought, I, I preached a little bit about that. Was it last week or the week before? Hey, and they came to Jesus and Jesus came to them and the Bible said that he rebuked them. 
If you want to get a good rebuking too by Jesus, you let something come out of your mouth that isn't saying he's going to bring me through. That isn't saying he's going to make a way where there is no way. That isn't saying he is my Lord, my Savior, my, my, my Jehovah Chira, my Jehovah Nisi, my provider, my way maker, my supplier, my giver of bread, my giver of life, my giver of breath. If that's not coming out of your belly, don't speak at all. But I've come today to tell somebody. Let your words be enemy. Put up the party hat. I'm going through it now. But God is on my side. Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. I'm not going to say, woe is me, but I am going to say, I'm going to get back up. I am going to say, I'm going to get through this. I am going to say, God is on my side. I am going to say, God is on my side. Folks, I know this might be out of place for a preacher to say it, but if you can't speak faith, shut the doors of your mouth and don't let it out. There was a widow woman whose son had passed. There was a widow woman whose son had passed. And he was dead. The widow had waited on this miracle for years. I'm sorry, she wasn't a widow woman. I apologize. She might have been a widow. No, she wasn't a widow. It was a woman. I want to say she was from Zarephath. I could be wrong. First King somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere in there. There was a woman who made a room for a prophet. The prophet spoke to her. She was barren. She gave birth to a son, but her son was dead, Sister Rachel. Her son was dead. He was dead in the room she made. Folks, Faith is a room we build. Faith is something that we build and we prepare. And that's the best place to put our dead dreams. To put our dead situations in the middle of a faith room that we've built. Somebody say amen. Folks, it's good, this good, this good. If you got something going on in your life, you don't need to put it on the telephone. You don't need to put it on the Facebook. You don't need to put it out there. You need to put it in your faith room. She got on a donkey and she went on and she found the man of God. And the man of God asked her, Ryland, he said, How is everything going? And her response was quick. And her response was simple. The doors of her mouth were shut to what was in her bosom. But yet when she spoke, it was precise. It penetrated the atmosphere. She said, all is well. She didn't say, woe is me. She said, all is well. 
So I've come today to ask you in your life circumstance, in your situation today, in your trial, in your test, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, woe is me? Or are you going to say, all is well? Folks, it's hard to keep the doors of our mouth shut. What's in our bosom? Because so quickly, things can change. So quickly, our finances can change. All it takes is one little light to come on in your vehicle. And your finances can change. All it takes is one letter from a creditor. And things can change. Folks, all it can take is your children getting in one accident. And things can change. But something that can never change is what comes out of your mouth. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do today? Let's all stand. That makes sense. I want us today to gather to the front of this church as a family. And I don't want us to leave. I want us all together today. Come on now. And I don't want you to get up from prayer today until all is well in your spirit and woe is me is out. Come on. Come on, start off today. No matter what's going on in your life right now, don't ask God for anything, but start off by praising His holy name. God, I praise your holy name. Come on, let a praise come out of your spirit today. Hallelujah. Yes. Come on, let a praise come out of your spirit today. Come on, I praise your holy name, oh God. I praise your holy name. Come on, let's move out of this woe is me into on all is well.